All right, guys, you're back here with the Dragway Athletes podcast for the wide receiver podcast that I promised two days ago. I do apologize for that, you guys. I uh, ended up getting a little under the weather for a day. So um, we're about a day behind, and I realize that this is publishing um, later on a Saturday night, which is not optimal, but I wanted to make sure I got it out because I do realize that fantasy drafts are starting to come up for everybody. I have one myself tomorrow uh, midday, so uh, I get it. <laughs> so we're back here with wide receivers. Uh, really, we're doing the whole top 24. It is broken down into parts. If you guys are going to listen to the entire episode, um, the first 15 minutes we do spend talking about uh, cars. So if you did want to skip um, kind of car talk, if you're not into cars, you're going to want to go to about the 15, 10 mark, and that will start uh, the actual fantasy football talk. Um and then otherwise, uh, I'm going to cut a break in the middle um, to get you to uh, 13 to 24 from 1 to 12. But um, stay tuned. Keep listening. Um, and you'll hear our breakdown of the top 24 receivers. Thanks, guys. We are coming back today with some wide receiver talk. So we're hoping to get done wide receivers 1 through 24, but it is late into the evening. So we may not, but hopefully we can, depending on how long we spend on each receiver. So I'm here joined again with Ozzy, who was on us with our draft flow episode. Um, before we get started talking fantasy, Ozzy, you got yourself a new car. I did. It's a, it's a 2020 M2 competition, and it is awesome. <laughs> so you're out in Colorado, um, and one of the things I'm very envious of is you actually have, like, windy, hilly roads. Oh, yeah. That's the one thing I'm, uh, I'm, I'm spoiled. You know, I'm very spoiled to have those roads. It's crazy. You can drive 30 minutes into the mountains and you can find a random windy road and just start, you know, carving up some canyons. It's, it's amazing. And, uh, so, um, I like to think that, you know, we're in the guys who like sports typically like cars. Um, so if you guys don't know, um, or you're going to get bored, you can fast forward. Um, M2 competition, uh, in BMW's line, that puts it as the smaller version of the M3, a little quicker. Yeah, so so that's correct. Um, they so they made the M2. It's a lot of people have kind of said that the M2 is kind of the true return to form of like what the uh, like the older past M3s were. Um, because the the M2 is just so much, it's so much smaller, and the new M3s and even the M4, which is the two door version of the M3 now, um, have just gotten so big that uh, that that the M2 is kind of like you know just this uh, put a monster engine and this like small little chassis, uh, you know, give it some good suspension, good tires, and and make it a great drift machine. I um. I had watched a review uh, on YouTube not that long ago, and I thought it was a pretty apt um, thing that one of the, the guys had said, and I wish I could remember which one it was. But, it, I mean, it's it's Smoking Tire or Throttle House or, or, or one of those. But they basically said the M2 it, um, is like they built the car around the engine, so everything is very tight. 
um, like almost like they sucked all the air out of of um, of it. Like everything is very tight and purposeful, and there's not like these gaps between wheel wells and tire, and and um, you just don't feel like there's a lot of space. So you get this really true like sports car feel to it. Yeah, and it's crazy because so like I so I got the M2 competition. And the difference between the regular M2 and the M2 competition is the um, they actually put the engine uh, they took the the actual engine from the M3 and M4, which was the twin turbo S55 three liter inline six engine, and then put it into the uh, M2. Whereas the the regular M2 had uh, the N55. It was like a single twin scroll turbo engine, which put out like. 300 something horsepower uh once it was like 350 or 380 um but it wasn't uh the problem with the with that engine was well the engine sounded good but you could the the tunability of it was not that great um like so you couldn't really get more horsepower out of it and it was i think it was the same engine that was in like the m240i so like the same two series but like less detuned like a little bit more detuned and and less arrow and all of that but yeah they actually put the you know with the competition they put the real m engine in there the big boy exactly with uh yeah and it's funny because it's detuned from the m4 and m3 it's it only has like 400 and it says like 405 410 horsepower somewhere around there only um only (laughs) but what's crazy with that engine with just like a simple downpipe and a tune, you can make 600 horsepower easily with that car. And that it's little car, absurd. yeah, yeah, that's that's a lot. It's absurd, and it's funny because yeah, I say little, but to me that car is big. I think cars in general have gotten so big, and this is me coming from like a Miata, so everything, every car is now big to me. Even this car is like big to me. Well, wheels <laughs> but, have gotten ridiculously big. Yeah, yeah, the wheels. The wheel, the wheels have gotten big. I mean, I have 19s on there, and it's like running. Uh, I want to say it's 255 on the fronts and 275s in the backs, if I'm not mistaken. Or no, it's 245s in the front, 265s in the back. That's a lot. They're of, pretty big. It's a lot of, but well, it's got to handle all that horsepower. I mean, getting that power yeah. down to the tires and getting the car going, you need a good amount of surface to the ground, and they've made engines so efficient now. Um, that you don't need a big leader, you know, you don't need big displacement to put out big horsepower anymore. And actually, most car manufacturers are going away from big, big displacement, you know. Um, so that being said, we're also in an era where, like, it's hard to just get the actual horsepower going. Like, we, we are so good at getting horsepower into the engine and so efficient, but to actually get the car moving is where some of the issue is. So that's why tires have gotten ridiculously huge. Um, it's like I remember you're saying like 245, I and my old Lightning those were 295s and that's a that was a towing pickup truck it was, it was a half ton pickup truck like, yes it was a performance truck but your tire's not that much smaller than something that was towing stuff you know like it's just mm-hmm. insane to me and it's a much smaller vehicle um, it it's wheels in general like not just as the rubber so like the compounds they use so good. Um, and so good at getting sticky and that's why it's way more expensive but just the size of them is just it's crazy to me what they put on like regular road cars 
Yeah, it, there's there's not only that, but it's also the, like the weight of vehicles have, has gotten bigger. Um, so like even even the the M2 competition, like it it weighs kind of a lot. Like you think it's because smaller, it weighs a little, you know, weighs a lot less the M4. It actually weighs like 3,600 pounds, which is pretty big. Um, pretty sure GT350 is around there. It's around like 36 or 34, 36 somewhere somewhere around like the mid 30 ish range or whatever um so car, cars in general have gotten just much heavier with you know safety equipment and tech and all this other uh yeah stuff and the tech the tech ranges right so there's tech like so um like for my car the magna ride is you know that's got to be some some weight there and then mm-hmm. keeping it cool you know like um, oh yeah they're, they're they're different like you not it's not just keeping your oil cool but keeping keeping a lot of other fluids cool so um always like to get some good car talk in when we can so if you guys i i've hinted you know like i i very briefly hinted at, at um having like a sports car in a previous episode i was talking about um we were talking about how much has changed and you don't bring a magazine to the draft anymore and i was saying that i was at i stopped at the supermarket a couple weeks ago and then the drugstore because car and driver had put out their like best cars of each decade um edition and my car was in it and i went to get it and i saw fantasy football magazines so when i (laughs) i had hit it and i got a little chuckle out of it but look what you know like there's sometimes information good information there i'm not going to knock it but it's outdated by the time you hit your draft, you know? So, like, you, you do have to stay on top of it, but maybe you just prefer not taking your phone to the toilet and you want to take a magazine. I, You know, I don't know. Um, but point being is, is I hinted, so um, I am a Ford guy. So uh, this is my third Ford now. I have a, a, a Mustang GT350 um, and not the big boy GT500. You, do you ever notice this as and then we'll get into football but you're not driving a cheap car i'm not driving a cheap car we're not driving the most expensive cars either you know we're not driving around a hundred thousand dollar cars mm-hmm. but like i i was at giant like a month ago and i was at the gas station actually i had three instances with this car I was at Wawa shortly after I bought it, and the guy in the parking lot stopped me and asked me if it was a Celine. Um, <laughs> and then I was at Giant, and someone asked me if it was the GT500. And then I was at the gas station, and um, again, it was like, oh, what size engine is in there? And it's like, some for some reason, there's people... And when I say those things, it was not asked out of general curiosity. It was asked as like a dig, you know, like because when you don't when you say it's not, there's disappointment. And um, I think there there's like a certain subset, like there's there's people who are really into cars and can appreciate even a cheaper car that has some cool stuff about it. And then there's people that have like this jealousy thing that because you don't have like, you know, the best version or the best possible version of whatever make of car that you have, like that. Therefore, they don't have to feel bad about what it is that they're driving. When you're not doing that to them, you don't care what they're driving. Or you might say, "Hey, that's cool." You know, like I still appreciate um, the lower engine 
Mustangs, you know, I no judgments, mm-hmm. you know, but like I just feel like there's a certain subset of guys. It's never a girl that does that. Um, there's a certain subset of guys that like I feel like I don't know what it is there, but like have to make sure that they can tell you you don't have the best version of what it is that you're driving. Yeah, I would say there's definitely those people that, you know, are just insecure yeah. about themselves and, you know, they'll they'll do that. But yeah, yeah, for me personally the the at least from what I've experienced, you know, I and, and before the M2 I used to drive a Miata, like the newer generation Miata, so it's a much cheaper car, but definitely an enthusiast car and yeah, but majority fun, of the time it's a fun yeah, like the, car. That's a fun right. car. Right, and the majority of the time, I would say, um, if I got stopped uh, because of the Miata, it was because the guy was a car enthusiast, or you know, somebody was a car enthusiast and they wanted to talk about it, right? Um, so that was awesome. Um, the M, the so the M two has been pretty interesting um, to drive around because so I've only had it for three weeks, and I've definitely had compliments um, from it. But, you know, it's just from a different crowd. Like, I, I wouldn't say I got any of those insecure people. I would just say, like, I got people that, you know, maybe don't know what it was. Yeah. They, they know it's an M car, but they don't really know that much about cars. And they're like, oh, is that is that like an M5? Like, I, you know, and I'm like, oh, no, it's M2. And, you know, I talk about the car and I tell them a little bit about it. Um, and, you know, just different types of enthusiasts. Like, there's a there's a guy at my gym who, like, I never spoke a word to. And I've seen him there for like a year now. And, you know, I've driven my Miata to the gym all the time and he never said anything. But as soon as I got the M2, he comes up to me in the gym and he's like, he's like, hey, is that, is that your car? I'm like, yeah. And he just like, you know, just starts talking like, you know, <laughs> past gross. my rest period. T- <laughs> yeah, a pa- little bit past my rest period about like German cars and all this other stuff because that's what he was into, right? So <laughs> maybe maybe it's that there's just a different crowd that's like into imports, you know. Um, and I say imports, you know, a lot of cars are actually manufactured not in their country of origin, but maybe there's just a different crowd, you know, and the people who are drawn to mustang or camaro or just a different yeah like yeah i I would agree like i mean i love cars i love all types of cars um that being said like uh i see i see mustangs i see camaros everywhere and if you live in colorado you see subaru wrx's literally everywhere so to me it's like you know it's not like kind of unique enough for me to just go up to the guy and be like hey man that's a nice wrx it's just like every other one i see on the on the you know what i mean yeah, so it's yeah. uh you know when i when i can talk to somebody about cars i'll do it because i'm just like you know a natural car guy but yeah. i mean you know but if i see something that i don't see every day you know then i'll go up and talk to that person and be like hey i love that car like you know and strike up a conversation about it and I, I and then we'll move on to football. And I said that this is not the second time, but like I, I do think that there is like there is a certain group of people that just like I same thing. Like I could talk about cars to anybody, um, and I can find the beauty in most cars. You know, like especially ones that have just a little something different. And there's just a certain group of 
you know, I don't know, white guy, because it's usually not a non-white guy. Um, that's got to be that way. So, um, but I do understand that I also drive like a very obnoxious car. Um, <laughs> so I draw obnoxious attention. Uh, we we should we we definitely got to do a uh a the fan a, or a rally. Car, well a rally that yeah. too. But we also should do a car podcast because yeah, I could talk about yeah. this for. <laughs> all right so the real reason we're here now that we've killed a good like 20 minutes um is to talk about wide receiver ranks now admittedly oz um not my strongest position um mm-hmm. it's just not a position i'm the best at evaluating talent at i don't know what that is but i do a lot better i think at running back than i do at receiver um that's a good problem to have, but I will admit. So as we go through, guys, I'm, I'm admitting I brought someone else on who I think is better than me with this position, uh, because I'm. This is not my best position. So um, understand that going in. So I'll give my three, and then you give your three, and I think that we're probably going to be pretty close um, in the beginning, um, and then we'll talk talk it over. Yep. Sound good. Yeah. All right. So I've got Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, and this is assuming whatever Devontae Adams left, the f- whatever injury he left the field with yesterday is cleared up um, by the time drafts are being done. And then I have Julio. So my three are uh, Thomas, uh, Julio, and Tyreek Hill. Okay. So, so there's one difference right there. Well, it's Julio shuffles up, and then Tyreek Hill shuffles into the top three. And then for mm-hmm. tiebreaker, um, looks like me and Fantasy Pros are exactly the same, which I can promise you is not. I didn't look at Fantasy Pros and do that and just write down their expert <laughs> consensus. Um, so um, I think Julio, we, you and I are probably in agreement with. And this is like the guy gets 1,200-plus yards every year. Right, he's like a safe player. Yeah, exactly. He is like I mean, the guy's a you know obviously future Hall of Famer. He's just an athletically gifted monster. Um, you know, even though he's uh, turning what thirty one or uh, I forget, I had his age up here. Uh, uh, keep talking, and I'll, I'll pull his age up. If you yeah, have. 31. Sorry, I got, got it. it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So it's thirty one. Like you know, he's obviously getting you know, up there in his career. But, you know, there, there hasn't been any signs of slowing down. Um, receivers generally go can go further than running backs can, um, kind of more later in their career. And, again, he's just consistently good. I know there is there were some seasons where he kind of just was disappointing with the, with the touchdowns. Um, that was always kind of my concern with Julio, is that, like, even though he's, like, uh, kind of in my S-tier class of receivers um touched like he never really got like the same amount of touchdowns as like a you know somebody like a michael thomas would but i still think he's super elite and that number two spot makes sense you know thomas at number one you know again he's the he's the go-to guy for the for uh, for the saints high-powered offense drew breezes you know even though his arm has declined in the past five years um, pretty sure there was like a stat out there that says Drew Brees like I think through like one 
I don't remember what it was. It was like through one completed, like through one pass, like above 40 yards, I think in like the last three years or something. Um, his air yards are very low. Um, it's a lot. Right. Of, it's a lot of yak yards, yards after. Catch. Right. Exactly. So, and again, Michael Thomas excels at that. So I, you know, to me, he's the Michael Thomas is the de facto number one, um, and I think we're in agreement with that. And Julio, again, I think we're in agreement with that, where he's just like Brought super up. consistent all the time. Hasn't really had like down years, really. Um, Plug, play, and forget about it. You know, like yep, exactly. Who cares what what corner he's lining up against? You don't have, you know, like he's going to get his his yards. The touchdowns might not be there, but he's going to get enough yards to exactly still be usable. Um, yep. So where we're in a difference of in our top three is Tyree Kill versus Devontae Adams. Yep. Um, and go ahead. Yeah, and I and uh, yeah, I was just gonna say yeah, and I have Devontae Adams like I, I guess two spots down, but I guess I want to hear your thoughts on 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 why you think that he is like number number three. So, um, assuming that Aaron Rodgers plays the entire season, um, I know that um, he's not what he used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, are you familiar with Reception Perception by uh, Matt Harmon? No. Okay, so. Um, Matt Harmon looks at like all the routes that guys run and their success rate and whatnot. Devontae Adams is a ve- like even like by any objective measure is actually like a great receiver. Like not just that he happens to be on an offense with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't draft anybody, so um, he gets hi- Rodgers hyper targets Adams when he's on the field. Um, so just for you know, uh, argument's sake here. When I pull up his game log, I'll, I'll kind of get give you what I what I mean. So, um, when Devontae Adams plays, it's seven targets per game, or no, seven yeah. receptions, seven receptions plus, um, and ten plus targets. So to me, that just rep- – it's the same quarterback. It's the same offense as last year. Uh, last year, obviously, he's hurt, so he misses some time. Um, but when he plays, I mean, the last three weeks of the season, you're looking at 13, 16, 13, and before that, 12, 10, and 6 tar- targets. Um, and that usually spells out to be six-plus catches a game. Um, so to me – this, he represents the talent part, right? I think he's a good receiver. I don't think he's a, a, a bad receiver, like, um, as far as, like, the actual position, not just getting statistics. And then when you throw on top of it that he just sees so much volume, um, I really think he's in that, like, ultra-elite um, level. Again, though, that is also dependent on the quarterback. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has to be on the field. No one else is going to target any receiver to this level. Yeah, and and, and to that to that point, like you know, I, again, I have you know, in terms of like my S tier, I have five receivers in my like you know S tier. You know, that's like the number one tier, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. And I have Devontae Adams there, but he's kind of like my last one at number five there. Um, and I have Dondre Hopkins like number four and you know i know some people have them lower but i'll, I'll explain later why i have them there mm-hmm. 
but I, I think Devontae Adams, that one, that one's pretty interesting because, you know, again, like you said, he gets a ton of targets and Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> he's probably the only wide receiver that really Aaron Rodgers uh, trusts. only trusts. Yeah. Um, my only, my only thing with, with that is that my concern is yes, Rodgers is health. And, you know, that's, and both that's of them, concern. really, it's his yeah. health too. Um, it's, yep. So, I, which I get, you know, he missed, I had him last season, I had him the season before, um, going into last season, he was my number one rated receiver, um, so when I got him at like, I don't know, pick 11, wherever I picked, um, I was very happy, and then he missed half the season, and, and by the time he got back, um, the other guys that I had as placeholders had taken a step back, so, um, that being said, um, that's our difference. So you have Tyree Kill, and I think that I get why Tyree Kill is there, but go for it. Yeah, so again, the thing with Adams that concerned me was was the health um, there and the, the fact that they've kind of trend they're starting to really transition into with Matt LaFleur into into a run first offense. Um so that you know, whereas like before with uh, Mike McCarthy kind of just said, All right, Rogers, do what you want, you know, just yolo it up to whomever. Um and with with Tyree Kill again, you you have Patrick Mahomes there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he's the he's the best quarterback in the league. Um uh, best, best offense. Yeah. Best offense in the league. Um I mean the dude is just super fast. Sure. You have a ton of weapons in that offense. You know, you look at Kelsey or Hill, but even with Tyree Kill, Tyree Kill throughout his career has been relatively healthy i know he he missed some time last year but i'm pretty sure he was like on pace to you know be like the the you know fourth or fifth rated wide receiver had he stayed healthy um i think he missed like what four games and he still put up monster points so yeah yeah it looks like it was like the first uh you have it up on your screen here yeah it was like it's like the first three weeks Mm -hmm. um he put up great Great points, you know, Seven puts touchdowns. up touchdowns. Um, and, and I just think that's I, – I just don't see why that would stop, you know. Um, you know, he's, he's the number one receiver there. And, you know, that's 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 my third pick right there. The number one outside receiver. I, I would – Kelsey is probably, like, the number one pass catcher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the number one outside receiver, and that has all even with bad receivers, that has always been a good position to be in Andy Reid's offense. Um, yeah. Uh, for we've mentioned it a bunch of times, we're based in the Philadelphia area. We got to see a lot of Andy Reid. We we kind of know what he is. Obviously, we don't. We didn't get to see him with someone as quite as dynamic as Patrick Mahomes, but we know what his tendencies are, and there are just certain positions under Andy Reid that do very well. And the number one receiver, even when they were bad, and he had quite a few bad ones here, um, was still a good a, a good position to be in. So what that's going to do is I would imagine that our next few are going to be really different because um, – Hill is going to be behind someone that I have at four. Um, and then I know you said Hopkins was up. So I'm going to give my next three, but obviously we're not going to talk about Hill again. Um, so I have Godwin Hill Hopkins. Interesting. 
Yep. So I have, um, I have, yeah, Hopkins, Devonte Adams, and Adam Thielen as my next three. Ooh, Adam Thielen. Yep. Just on your sixteen. Yeah. Um. <laughs> now I also uh. So just to because I have it up, Adam Thielen is my sixteen. He's expert consensus on fantasy pros as fourteen. Um. It looks like his best ranking is six on their experts, and his worst ranking is twenty-seven. So you're on the higher end for Thielen, yep. but that's okay. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to talk about the common ones um, because that's easier to start. So Hopkins, you have at four. Yeah, so Hopkins, I have at four. Um, you know, I I, I think. So, I think Hopkins is, you know, he, he's obviously on a new team. You know, there's that. But I have reasons to be hopeful. Um, just based on that offense, the Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury offense, and the way they, you know, throw a lot. And, you know, he has like a much better, um, uh, I'm going to say much better quarterback situation, but kind of a much better offensive line situation for Kyler Murray to be a little bit more comfortable. Kyler Murray also loves throwing on the run, too. And DeAndre Hopkins has kind of always excelled at, like, um, you know, re- kind of like, uh, I want to say, uh, like, imp- like improv wide receiving, you know, when everything breaks down, like, uh, you know, where do you go? Where do you find the open holes at? And... Hopkins is just, in my opinion, he is probably the second most talented wide receiver in the league, other than like Julio Jones. I, th- I think Hopkins is just that much of a monster. And with this kind of new, you know, I know, and I know that, uh, you know, Larry Fitzgerald is there, but I think Hopkins just adds so much to that offense that I, I you know, and I could be, I could be wrong on this. You know, because uh, I know I, I, I kind of thought Odell Beckham would be really good with the new team, but didn't really consider the whole coach coaching aspect. <laughs> well, and the offensive there. line was bad, and, and and the offensive line was bad. Yeah, the offensive bad. line was bad. But I, I just think um, Hopkins will will excel and, and do really well. I mean, even with bad quarterbacks, Hopkins was elite. You know, so. I, I I just don't see how he drops off as much as people think he will. Um, and I know it's a new offense, and I know they're short in preseason and stuff. So I think there'll probably be like a slow start there. But I think by like game four, game five, I think he's gonna he's gonna start popping off. Um, Hopkins. So I don't expect the new offense to be a big transition for for Hopkins. And why I say that is is like. Hopkins is a battle for the ball type of receiver. Um, obviously, he runs a good route because I would agree with you. Like he has been a top three quintessentially for most of his career player, and despite mm-hmm. and he's probably the best of the like guys on the shorter side um, of wide receiver. And I know he's not considered a short wide receiver, but he's not Julio or Michael Thomas size either. Um, he is very good at boxing out. He reminds me of like a, an undersized forward in basketball that just seems to get rebounds. Um, so I don't, I don't see him as like a guy who needs a ton of timing 
there might need to be some trust with a new quarterback of like when Hopkins doesn't look like he's open, he's open. Um, and he has thrived with bad quarterbacks. So when I, I had Hopkins back in 2015 and I remember getting my chops busted when I drafted him early because I, I forget who his quarterback might've been at the time, Matt Schaub or, or someone of, of that caliber. And uh, the the chops busting came with like, oh, who's going to get him the ball? And my statement then was, I don't care. He's good enough. It doesn't matter. Um, And I still – this isn't a knock on Murray, but it's – what I'm saying is I don't care if it was, you know, pick pick a quarterback none of us, you know, think is on the higher end. I still think Hopkins is going to get his. Um, My concern comes from – it is a new quarterback, and Watson just threw to Hopkins so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just don't know that the targets stay the same on an offense. I think Kingsbury's offense is clearly it's decent. I mean, he did a lot with a bunch of people learning and a rookie quarterback. But when you look at like Hopkins' um, targets with Watson, I mean, you're seeing a lot of action. And I just don't know if that – if Kingsbury's offense reminds me a lot of a spread it out offense. He wants to get the ball mm-hmm. in a lot of people's hands. I still think that, you know, he's what on my list? Six? Six. Six is still – you're still betting on that guy. I feel like when you're in the top eight, whenever you're ranking, you tell me. But, like, I feel like in inside the top eight, maybe even the top ten, a lot of times these are going to be people's first receivers and probably in most of the case – so when I take my first receiver, if I'm taking a top 10 guy, I'm betting that they ha- I can make a case that they could finish one or two. Yeah. And I think that Hopkins still has that. So um, you have him four, I have him six. Or you have him three. You have him three and I have him six? No, I'm four. You're yeah. four. Okay. And I think that's where he was expert consensus. Uh, five. So we're all in the same range, you know, like – it's a standard deviation of two. You know, we're not far off. This isn't a big, a big um, difference. So um, we've already talked Tyree Kill. So the difference that I have in mine is Godwin. So I have Godwin Hill Hopkins, and who were your four through six? You had Adams. Yeah, I had. Uh, yeah, my four through six was Hopkins, Adams, and Thielen. Okay, so our difference here is Godwin and Thielen. So mm-hmm. I'll do Godwin, and then you'll do Thielen, because where do, where do you have Godwin at? So I have Godwin at... Uh, I have Godwin at 8, and I have Mike Evans like right there at 9, because I, I feel like you can't talk one without the other. Okay. <laughs> it's such an interesting situation. Um, All around, it's an interesting that. situation there. Yep. So, um, we're not again. We're four off, so that is a little bit. It's much different than where we were with Hopkins, but it's not. It's it's not going to be like Thielen, which I think is going to take a lot of unpacking. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> which is fine. Which is fine. So, um, I have Godwin up there. He plays out of the slot. And, yep. Uh, again, we're talking about another older quarterback whose arm strength probably isn't what it used to be. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. And, and uh, where Brady and Breeze are so good is they're accurate. So um, when we're talking about the guys who are getting into the twilight of their career, um, 
I, I just I think that Godwin represents probably the best athletic wide receiver that Tom Brady's played with since Randy Moss. Hmm. It's an interesting take because, yeah, I, I would say I still think overall, uh, I think Mike Evans is the better receiver overall. Um, I think with Godwin, I think what uh, what helps Godwin out, and especially in this situation with Brady, is that, like you said, he plays in the slot, right? He lined up, I think I saw a stat where he's he lined up 59% in the slot. And we all know how much Brady loves slot receivers. Like, that was his, you know, other than his tight ends, his go-to thing was, was slot receiver. Um, my only knock on Godwin, though, is the other weapons in, in, in that on that team. You know, there's, again, there's Evans, right? I kind of want to see how Brady ends up playing, or ends up utilizing his outside receivers. And there's the tight end situation. She has two magnificent tight ends. Um, there's Gronk. Still don't know how, how Gronk will play, you know, coming out of retirement. And, you know, he has OJ Howard there. Um, but I know with uh with Bruce Arians offense he doesn't really utilize his tight ends all that much but but knowing Brady you know Brady loves his tight ends so I I that's why I'm I'm, I'm kind of with that situation I just don't know that's why I kind of put Godwin and Evans kind of back to back because I you know they're both stellar I mean Evans has has a high has a really high ceiling I mean he's a beast um but Godwin again plays in that position that like Brady loves to, uh, you know, loves his slot receivers. So I had to put him slightly over Evans. But my only concern with Godwin, and I have him in what I call my A tier, like my S tier is the it's is hot. the receivers the that I know are going to produce that I know are just like without a doubt will probably, you know, be in the top like six receiving course, top five, um, or at least I think. Whereas my A tier uh, are my receivers where I like them a lot and they check all the right boxes. However, there's just like kind of one or two points where I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know if like if they're going to do it because of, you know, X reason. And for me, that reason for Godwin is, you know, the the multitude of weapons um, there. So I guess my question for you is because I've been kind of um... – I bounce around depending on which narrative I want, I guess. But um, when I look at that offense, I mean, I don't have much in this. I don't have much stock that Gronk is going to be much more than maybe a mentor for someone like OJ Howard. Mm -hmm. I just he was injury prone the last couple times we saw him on the on the field. Obviously, he is. He's a monster of a man who runs physical. This is not like. You know, when he could play on the field, he's the best player on the field. He retires, so he loses. A, he misses the season completely. He loses a ton of weight. He gains a ton of weight back. I, I'm just not. I'm just not sure that we're not just looking at Gronk's name instead of the overall situation. Um, I do think Howard is a great talent. It just seems like for whatever reason, Arians, they, him and Arians don't mesh. Um, mm -hmm. And then I look at 
then I'm looking at Edwin or Evans and Godwin, but I'm also looking at these other weapons. And one thing I could I, I will say is, unlike running back, where I want like a very clear like um, who's the starter and who's not, and I and uh, whatnot. At wide receiver, a lot of times what I'm looking at is like if if they can keep moving the ball down the field, that just means more opportunity. Um, now I don't see yeah. Tampa Bay playing the same way that they did last year where because their quarterback's not going to throw 30 interceptions, you know. Um, but I see Evans, who's a physical, you know, a, a, a different kind of receiver. He's a 6'5", 231 um, type guy, and I see Godwin, who's a 6'1 guy. Mm-hmm. And I just – I see Godwin um, – filling into this and it's not necessarily he's not necessarily a volume guy like that's he's a game breaker um but i see him the welkers the edelmans i think godwin's a better talent than those guys and yeah um, I better see, yards after the catch too yeah really good just, yards after the catch i mean and, and i'm a little biased he's a penn state guy so um but uh the reality like so i see a big role for him that is why I have him up there. Um, a little bit of attrition because I did not or, – or contrition. Contrition. Um, because I did not rank him too highly last year and, and it bit me. So I'm making up a little bit for that. Um, but that being said, that is what I, my thinking process is. So uh, Adam Thielen. Yes. He's in your top six or top seven? Top six. Top six. Okay. Um, I'm just going to uh, – let's because, again, I think I'm 10 spots behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So let's at. hear – yeah, I'm 16. Damn. So let's hear what you got because I'm right at – expert consensus is at 14. So I'm there. So you're you're much higher there than, than I am in the expert consensus. Is, so let's hear it. Like let's – not make your case, but let's see what you're saying that I'm not. Yeah, so I, I think Adam Thielen, I think he is the best receiver in Minnesota, even when Stephon Diggs was there. And if you look, you know, you look at those games and you see, like, he was obviously injured um, throughout most of the season. So I think that's kind of what really derailed. But when you look at when he came back, he was able to produce just like he normally was. And if you remember what the last three years – um, before this year, I mean, Adam Thielen was like a top five receiver, um, you know, throughout all the years. Um, he was just, he was lighting up the league. And now with Stefan Diggs gone, um, and I, you know, I know that's a run first offense, but, and you have Cook there, but with, uh, with, with Diggs gone, Thielen is, I think, going to be the go-to guy there um he's still an insanely good route runner um so kirk cousins who is a you know solid quarterback um i I just think i i think that he will have a bounce back year i i think people are you know are kind of low on him um because i i think you know kind of like going off of recency bias you know he didn't really produce last year, but you know multiple reasons for that. I mean, but the, mostly the reason for that was injury. So assuming he stays healthy, I mean, I think he's as you know 
Like that's why he's kind of on the top of my A tier. I think barring injuries, he would have done really well last year, but because he was injured, I think kind of derailed him a little bit. So, um, and now that Diggs is gone, I think that really kind of ensures that he is the go-to guy there. So, um, that's that's me. If you have a different opinion, I think that it means that he'll see different coverages. Um, so, uh. Yeah, he look, obviously something wasn't right cuz he just he misses a bunch of weeks and even when he comes back he wasn't right. He came back and then was right off the field again. Yeah. So, um even if we wash away all of last year, um I again, like some of when I'm looking at receivers and and maybe this is why I'm not a good judge of talent, you know, like um so again, I admit it in the beginning. But like I don't. I just don't. And we said it with Godwin. I don't see it the same way I do running backs, where um, it's better to have less talented guys around them. You know, like you want to keep moving the ball, and the less talent that you have there means that defenses can play you different. Now, look, it's. I think that depends. I think. I I think if you're talking about an offense, that you know cannot run the ball or just can't do anything and just have one weapon, then yes, 100% I agree with you. Um, but we're talking about Minnesota's offense, which has been pretty good for the last three years, three to four years. And Thielen has been like a major driving force behind that. Um, but now with Dalvin Cook and, and the run game being so successful there, um, you know, again, the run game just opens up the pass. And and for me, I, I just don't think, you know, you still got Kyle Rudolph there too. It's, yeah, you don't, it's not like the talent has, you know, completely depleted from that team. I still think they'll be good. Um, again, and it's controversial. It's a little bit of a, you know, higher pick for Thielen than a lot of other people. But, you know, based off of this list, I just, I think he's he's a guy that's contributed so well. He's super talented, very, very good route runner that I think you know, I, I I think he's bound to have a bounce back year, barring no injuries. Okay, I mean, um, I can't I can't sit here and say that you're you're wrong, and you always want to evaluate how much you are leaning on recency bias. It's very easy to mm-hmm. go by the last thing that you saw. So, um, I think that uh, there is a fair argument to make. So I, I did pull up reception per- perception. Um, believe it or not, he is. Um, it's an. I'll have to send it to you um, because mm-hmm. I don't want to get too off into the weeds on one player. I'll send it to yeah. you what what that is. But um, it's interesting to see where they are successful. Um, not that it concerns me. I'm just confused that uh, Minnesota drafted the kid that they did because it seems like he plays a very similar game, which is mm-hmm. basically another kind of slot type receiver. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, and I think that Irv Smith, the other tight end, is probably actually going to end up with a lot of targets as well. Targets, yeah. Um, but Stefan Diggs vacates a lot of targets. Um, so it will be interesting. We know that they're going to run the ball a ton, and we'll see where it goes. So um, let's see here. That brings me up to seven. So we'll do seven, eight, nine, but we start it with your seven, correct? 
Or your six. That Was that your six? Thielen was your six? Yes. Okay. Yeah, Thielen was my six. Yep. All right, so seven, I have DJ Moore. Eight, I have Kenny Galladay. And nine, I have Allen Robinson. Nice. Um, so my mine was uh, Kenny Galladay um, for seven. Um, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Obviously, we just talked about them. Yep. Um, but yeah, so Kenny Galladay was, was that number number seven picks i think we were me fantasy pros and i think you were kind of on the money with uh kind of in consensus there so a couple things if you guys one is kenny galladay is a he's a game breaker um Mm -hmm. he is a good really good receiver a good amount of touch he had 11 touchdowns last year um and him and him and marvin jones seem to complement each other very well um so I think that we're all in the same place. So I'm not going to talk a ton about him. I think that we're all in agreement because he, you know, and they have a good schedule, um, at least on paper before the season starts. So uh, all the stars are aligning for Mr. Galladay. Um, exactly, and and the, considering he he what ended up as like, uh, you know, in the in the top five without, um, I want to say top five. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't have it in front of me, but like. And that's without Matt, uh, Matt Stafford there. That's pretty impressive to me. And considering, you know, Matt Stafford, you know, early on in his career, he was very injury prone, but now he hasn't, um, and really until this year. So, assuming a, a fully healthy Matt Stafford, which, you know, he was on fire last year. Um, and I still think he's a really good quarterback. I, I think Kenny Galladay will, uh, um, should bounce back. You know, he's been pretty pretty good since he's come into the league so I, I have I have no doubt in my mind that he'll um, if, he'll really be up there if you were to tell me today Kenny Galladay ended up as the number one receiver I wouldn't you know I wouldn't be shocked no. is it what we're predicting no but would it be shocking no yeah again that's why he's kind of like the top two of my like A tier right. um, but yeah really really good really solid um, barely really any knocks on him other than that he plays for the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> so I have at uh, before Galladay, I have DJ Moore at seven. Um, okay. Where did you have DJ Moore ranked? So actually, I had DJ Moore ranked right below um, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. So I had him at my number, what was that my number 10 spot? Okay, so where the three is like when it gets to be four plus, it is a big deviation. So I don't think we're going to have to expound a, a lot on DJ Moore. Um, obviously, I he's my seven. Galladay is my eight. Um, and fantasy pros has DJ Moore at ten. So um, to me, and again, you know, sometimes we just have players that we like. Um, mm. I've had DJ Moore since he was a rookie. He's a guy that I liked coming out of college. Um, he's a high volume receiver. They bring Teddy. He and he he's good with underneath routes. They bring in Teddy Bridgewater, who that is his bread and butter, um, and uh, he will be more competent, most likely. I'm knocking a little bit of wood. Um, than the than the the running back that they or the quarterback they had in Carolina last year. So mm-hmm. I just expect DJ Moore to be one of those like high volume guys, like. Um, he seems to just get the ball, and he was good with Cam, and he was good with the replacements for Cam. Yeah, um, 
yeah, literally everything you just said. <laughs> it's my, that's kind of the reason why I had him at 10. Um, yeah, my I guess the only the only concern here is the you know what that new offense is going to look like under Matt Rule. Um, that's kind of the only you know I, any any time there's like new coaching changes and anything, it's always um, you always kind of wonder how that's going to work. You know, either you have the coaches that just like outsmart everybody for a year and then get figured out, or you have those coaches that kind of it takes a little bit of time to build towards something um but yeah that's kind of why i have him at 10 but yeah otherwise yeah great receiver uh love his game and again like you said teddy bridgewater loves the shore underneath passes um and that's kind of why i i also had dj Moore at at 10 top 10 so then i have alan robinson um how far did alan robinson fall in your ranks Allen Robinson for me was at 13. Okay. He's, I'm actually, I think both of us are a little lower than what is expert consensus is at eight. Um, so I'm nine and you're 13. We're still within that four range. Mm-hmm. So um, let me, I'm going to assume what you're going to say and you tell me if I'm right or wrong. Mitch Trubisky's not good. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that that's exactly right. I mean, I think he's a great receiver. Um, you know, under Matt Nagy, um, comes from that Andy Reid coaching tree. Um, has the potential for a good offense, but again, Matt Trubisky's abs- uh, Trubisky's absolutely trash. Um, and if Nick Foles ends up becoming the quarterback, I have a little bit more hope. Um, but also Nick Foles has kind of just not been able to really capture any magic anywhere he's been besides Philly. Um, with the Jaguars, I, I would say it's not really his fault. He kind of got injured in that first game and, 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 you know, um, man, I'm blanking on his name. Gardner uh, Minshew? yeah, Gardner Minshew. Thank you. Mustache Mania took over, and Love you know, kind of. <laughs> so, I, I, you know, hopefully, maybe Nick Foles has a good chance with with Matt Nagy to be the starter. And if he is the starter, then I do like Robinson a little higher. But again, he's in my A tier. Like he's a great receiver. I like him a lot. But that uncertainty at quarterback um, is really what's kind of uh, bringing him down for you. Exactly, yeah. So, um, another Penn State guy. So, again, I'll I'll admit that going in. Um, He's a guy that seems to have never really had great quarterback play wherever he's been. Um, In Jacksonville, he had Bortles, and now he's had Trubisky. Um, But I I think that last year represents a little bit of his floor. Um, I don't – and that's a pretty good floor. If that's what you th- if you believe that if you truly believe that last year because Chicago's offense was very not good <laughs> um, and he still had 1100 receiving yards almost 1150 and seven touchdowns 98 target or 98 receptions on 154 targets mm-hmm. so um, with any like even if Trubisky just grows as a player you know like because he is young. Um, 
where the offense just becomes a little bit more efficient if Montgomery's a little bit better than he was last year, um, then I think that, you know, he there's there's still growth there. So that's, you know, I think that we're all in agreement that of his talent. And it's just how good can the offense be with the current quarterback situation. Mm-hmm. So um, that would bring us up to your 7, 8, and 9. But we talked about Thielen. Who else do you got? Uh, so my 7, 8, and 9 uh, was Galladay, Goodwin, and Evans. So and we, we already talked about them. Okay. All right. Moving right along. Um. So then we have 10, 11, and 12. So I have Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, and Odell Beckham. So Amari Cooper, sorry, say that again. Mike Evans, which we're not going to okay. discuss because uh, we already have, and Odell Beckham. Interesting. So my, ten, my, my next three are, um, so it's DJ Moore. Okay. Amari Cooper. Okay. And Allen Robinson. Okay. So um, we're clearing off some some ones. So Amari Cooper is my 10. He's 9 on Fantasy Pros, and he's your 10, correct? Uh, yeah. All right. So well, DJ, sorry, DJ, DJ Moore is my 10. Uh, Amari Cooper is my 11. Yep. Okay. But still, we're pretty much – we're pretty close to agreement. Yep. So um, the thing with Amari Cooper, if you if you have him, if you're going to take him, uh, he carries a high bust rate. He's a very like he'll get you four amazing games and six duds. You know, really like, bad games. Yep. Um, but that's what kind of there's just players like that. Deshaun Jackson in his heyday was that way, and Amari Cooper's similar, or at least has been similar, both in Oakland and in Dallas. Yep. So um, that would be my warning. I could tell you, like, while I usually prefer a game-breaking player, I, if I'm taking a top-10 receiver, this is probably the type of guy that I avoid. Um, but I do think he'll end up with enough points to be in that top-10 range. Yeah, exactly. I, I think he's, he's a receiver that, like, I don't, I, I don't know if he's going to be your first like if you're gonna draft him, I would say oh, maybe you should also draft a receiver that is uh, a little bit more consistent. Um, but yeah, again, like you said, I think he's gonna end up at least uh, you know, if not top ten, I think top fifteen because he's a super talented receiver, really good. Um, you know, as much as I hate the Cowboys, they have a crazy good receiving core, and now that they drafted C.D. Lamb, you know that could could probably get even stronger um and now that you have a new coach and and mike mccarthy you kind of wonder how that uh you know how that all plays out with with uh or kind of what system he's gonna implement there um but yeah so i i you know and based on mike mccarthy's history i you know he's obviously a little bit more um doesn't have aaron Rodgers, obviously but but you know he's been way more pass-centric um, than anything. So I, I I don't see a reason why Amari Cooper can't be, um, you know, in, in that 11th spot there. Yep, yep. I, I, I so. think we're in agreement. It's just not – usually at receiver, I want the volume guy because I've spent a lot at, at running back and I just need someone that's safe. 
Yeah. And again, like you said, he just has these games where like he just disappears. <laughs> He's got these- either starts dropping balls. Um, you know, Cooper has had issues with drops. Um, or he just he gets shut out or just doesn't it's weird. It's Watching him play is strange because there's times where he's just blowing everyone out of the water, and then there's just times where he just looks like he doesn't try. So, very, very strange receiver to watch. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Mike Evans, um, we're not going to discuss. We already brushed up on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have Beckham. So, who's the player that, that you have in here? It was Robinson? It was Robinson, yeah. So, we already talked, talked about, about that. Robinson. Okay. Um, your so Beckham is on uh your twelfth spot. So Beckham was on my sixteenth spot. So there is a, a deviation of four, which is where we talk about there being a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, he is at twelve on fantasy pros as well. Um, and this is just someone that represents to me um, upside, right? Like he's done it before. He is an injury risk. Odell Beckham does tend to miss some games every year um, but uh, something was clearly wrong last year now there was something clearly wrong with the offense the offensive line was not very strong um, the, coaching. the coaching was not very uh, good either play calling wasn't very good and that affected the quarterback play that affected the run game that affected everything not just Odell Beckham um, so new coach comes in they do try to address the offensive line I'm not projecting Odell Beckham to be, you know, number two or three, but he has that kind of upside. Yeah, uh, I think he is. He is Odell Beckham is for me. He's a, he's like a top five talent, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I guess my my issue with Odell has been. You know his production has been kind of inconsistent. Like his first, if I look at his first three years, he's had thirteen hundred yards, fourteen hundred yards, thirteen hundred yards. Injury derailed him in twenty seventeen. Really didn't play, and then kind of like a thousand yard, thousand yard in the last two years. And uh, Odell kind of frustrates me because you, you kind of almost expect like he's had an injury history, right? His entire um, professional career. He's his entire professional professional career. He's had injuries, uh, you know. Hamstrings mostly. Is, exactly, and that's the risk that you take with him is that he's just he's just not consistent, and he's gonna miss games for you, you know. But if the offense pops off, and I get it, he hasn't been part of a you know top ten offense ever, um, and if the new coaching staff there um, with uh, Stefanski. Um, if he's able to revamp things um, there, and you know they have a ton of weapons. Yeah. But and they can they could really make things work, and if and if Baker can um, you know kind of had like uh, somewhat of a similar season uh, as he had in his rookie campaign, then I think Beckham will probably be up there but i just think he carries a ton of risk you know the 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 knocks against him for me are 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 really strong that's why i kind of have him in that 16 spot um but again he has a lot of upside like i think it's i think it's fair i think it's fair to have him at 24 you know like it's it's not where i have him but i think that those concerns are real 
yeah, like he's a top five talent. I love him. He's great. And, you know, he won me a championship one year. <laughs> so, you know, but, but there's just, um, again, there is some recency bias there. Like there was kind of like, what, what have you done for me lately type of thing. And just the last three years from him have been, uh, you know, kind of disappointing a little bit. And a lot, a lot, not just a little. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just, that's why I kind of have him there. And, you know, I, I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he can turn around and do really well. But, um, again, new, the other thing is, you know, new coach, Will Baker rebound. Um, and how is that all going to look? So I, I still think he'll have a thousand yards. But, you know, again, and, the other thing is the injury history. So that's really three knocks against him, and that's kind of why I have him at 16. No, I think that's a really fair, you know, like I'm not going to argue with anybody who who would have him much later. Um, it's what you want to sign up for. Um, and mm-hmm. I, when we get into this range, and we talked about draft flow in another episode, but I think when you take a player like this, it really depends on how you start it with your other picks. You know, like, um, because there's some other guys that we're going to talk about coming up that either represent bigger risk or the same amount of risk, but don't have quite the same level of talent, maybe, um, or don't have the, like, what we would project to be a decent offense. So mm-hmm. we're at wide receiver 12. Um, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back with uh, the rest. Hey guys, you made it through our top twelve. Uh, you're you're sticking with us. Um, you will get the thirteen to twenty four, um, which is slightly uh, longer than the original top twelve, uh, but not much. So uh, if you wanted to pause it here and, and pick it back up, uh, that is understandable. But uh, if you want to keep powering through, this is that official break. And then we'll be right back with receivers ranked 13 to 24. Thank you, guys. Okay, guys, we're back again with wide receivers, and this time we're going to round out the top 24 with 13 to 24. Um, just want to – if you did miss the top 12, you're going to want to go back because there's going to be some names that you missed where um, Ozzy and myself maybe have disagreed with, but we talked about them on the front end rather than the back end. So you might not hear some names here where we might breeze past it because we've already talked about these guys. So uh, we're at 13. We've, we've been breaking it up in, into threes. So 13, 14, and 15. Now my on my site, it's going to be off because I realized that I didn't break two up in the list. So um, I have Robert Woods, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Calvin Ridley. And then what are your 13, 14, and 15? Interesting. So yeah, this is where we're really going to start differing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have, um, so I have Cortland Sutton. Okay. AJ Brown okay. and Odell Beckham. All right. So we already talked about Beckham. Yep. In the last episode. So let's talk about AJ Brown. Um, yeah. So I, th- I'm going to say something and this is going to make me sound like a fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, but AJ Brown is probably my favorite receiver after nine. Even though I ha- I have okay. I have him at seventeen. Interesting. 
Yeah. So what 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 kind of what what are your knocks against him, or kind of why did you put him at at seventeen? So I'm more or less just concerned about Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, I think AJ Brown is another guy that has all the talent in the world. He had some monster games last year. Um, I always worry again about recency bias when you look at guys who have like some of these monster games, and you remember that rather than just their you know their overall body of work. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you look at his his um, his game, but he was. Also a rookie too. Yeah, when you look at yeah, but so let's um, let's start here. Um, When you look at his game log, it's like ninety percent or eighty percent of his production really came over four games. So yes, he ends up with a thousand yards, a rookie. Yes, he ends up with eight touchdowns, but that's most of that. Right, you got a one twenty four, a one fifty three, a one thirty five, and a one fourteen. You know, so like most of that yards really came. Um, in a small handful of games, and one of them week seventeen. Um, that wasn't his biggest game, but nonetheless, week seventeen. So, I think he's going to progress, but I didn't want to get too ahead of myself with how high I put him. Um, and that's really why maybe there's a difference in my rank versus my feeling because there's two guys here later that I really like a ton. Um. And I think that some of the other guys above him, while risky that I have have them, all do represent um, previous high production as well. Mm-hmm. They, they've done it more, I guess, is, is where the, the deviation would be. Yeah, and, and that's what's always hard with me. Like when I when I try to come up with ranks, I try to not involve recency bias with it. But I know that's kind of hard to do. It's 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 hard to predict the future because things change so much within one NFL season. Um, but yeah, I, I had him there at the uh, at the at the 14th spot because I, I just think he's super super da- super talented, and then th- that rookie that production as a rookie is 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 super promising um it's he's not right so when you look at aj brown you know he doesn't represent a guy where you're like i don't understand how he had that production i don't see it repeating um he's six foot tall which is not tall for receiver but he's he comes in at 225 you know he's not mm -hmm. just going to get bumped around at the line um and Fantasy yeah. Pros has him at 10, so we're much lower um, there. But I can tell you, like, if I was sold on taking a wide receiver, I would probably draft A.J. Brown over Beckham and Amari Cooper, even though he's lower in my ranks. And this is why ranks are a guide. They're not a Bible. Mm-hmm. But it also depends how you built your team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, again, like like you know, we were talking about if if you know you have somebody that you can afford to you you know you know that this guy's gonna bust, but occasionally have this like crazy amazing game, but you have consistent starters, then maybe you can afford to take that risk. Otherwise, if if you're not willing to take that risk and you want somebody more consistent, then you know you're gonna draft somebody that's less of a boomer bust. So yeah, that's that's. 
one way really the the rankings kind of act as a guide you know it really all depends on how you want to build your team and, and and whatnot but so yeah um why you get a lot of difference probably too in this range is because when we're ranking and when we're looking at our draft these guys represent you've already probably drafted two guys you know like this might be your third pick this might be your fourth pick and so much when you get into that is where, um, as we talked in draft flow, things go off script, you know. And I think that you get more shuffling from 13 to 24 than you do in the top 12. If you've noticed in the top 12, while they may have fallen a couple picks off or a couple ranks off, they're still pretty close. And here's where we're re- – other than one player, one out of 12, that's a pretty low percentage. Um, this is where you start getting these bigger stretches, and I think that that just comes to – how you rate guys in this range. And I think that mm-hmm. I rated guys in this range as the more safe guys than the more um, question mark guys. Yeah. So my 13 was Robert Woods. Um, and I think Robert Woods is kind of the Jordan Howard of wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Um. He's going to go. What's that? Yeah, I was going to say probably just what you're going to say. He gets a lot of targets. Gets a lot of targets. He gets a thousand yards every year. It seems like you're not in. You know, like he's not going to win you. This isn't Amari Cooper, where there's going to be weeks where he alone basically wins you a week. You know, this is a very different kind of pick. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, this is going to be a guy who's going to get you between ten, you know, or maybe like nine and twelve week in and week out. Um, but he's never going to give you like a forty-point week. It's just no one gets excited and and puts on their dancing shoes when they yell out that they're taking Robert Woods. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I had him at uh I had him at seventeen or sixteen. Right, which still puts us pretty close. I mean, we're three off. Um, and I'm looking at you know he had eleven hundred yard, yards last year, twelve hundred and in um. 18 ah if I click the right button and um, 781 the year before but it looks like he missed some games misses four games so mm-hmm. look again it depends what you've taken if you've taken some risk earlier you might want this guy just to provide you a player that's not as risky yeah and if you want somebody more risky, you go Cooper Cup. <laughs> if you want somebody from that same team. From the same um, team who had was a fantastic wide receiver and then all of a sudden went off a cliff. Just, just dropped off, yeah. Um, um, there is rumor that there was an injury, an undisclosed injury at the end of the season, but I said this in the running back ranks. I think that offense is going to be a lot worse than it's looked. Um, I, I would agree with you. So... While I'm saying like Woods is less risky, that offense just might not be very good either. Mm-hmm. So, um, Cooper Cup was like a top five receiver for like nine weeks of the season. Right. Yeah. Uh, that team is that team is such a huge question mark for me that I I really kind of had trouble looking at where where to place those guys. Um, I will say, barring some crazy value. 
I probably won't own any Rams. No, probably not. Um, Me neither. But again, that doesn't mean they won't have value. It just means barring someone really falling to me, it's just unlikely based on the way that mock drafts have have gone for me. It's unlikely that I will have anybody from the Rams. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cooper Cup has upside to me, but has has a little bit more upside than Woods to me. But um, again, I just, yeah, like you said, I I don't know if I can really trust anybody from the Rams. Um, I just don't think that team is going to be as good. They've just, they've lost too much in the off season and, and they've, you know, their offense has kind of been figured out. Um, well, it's a lot so different yeah, when Todd Gurley isn't at his peak. You know, like it just right. changes the yeah. entire dynamic. Exactly. Um, but one guy that I had, so I had this guy at uh, at 13. Okay. And he, or not at third. Yeah. Was this at third? 13 through yeah, 13. 13, 14, and 15 was what we'd be looking at. Yeah. So yeah, so mine was mine was Sutton, AJ Brown, and Odell Beckham. Um, and okay, so, so it's Cortland Sutton. Sutton is the name that is. Um, so Sutton is outside my top twenty-four. Ooh. Sutton is at twenty-nine for me. Wow. Um, Cortland Sutton on Fantasy Pros is at twenty. So, um, we're he and on Fantasy Pros he's in between where we are. Yeah. Um, so, and I think that everything that you said about um, Godwin is what I'd probably say about Sutton. Um, where I like him yeah. as a talent, I just don't know what to make of Denver. Yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm 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 kind of high on Denver, not because I live there. <laughs> no, I think they're not- going to be a great team. I think they're yeah. going to move the ball a lot. They've got so much speed on that offense, and they add Melvin Gordon, and um, Lindsey is still a dynamic player, and they bring they draft Jerry Judy, who's, you know, like, I think that they have a lot of talent there. I just don't know. I don't know what to make of it. You know, I just, I don't know what's going, going to happen there. Yeah, and, and that's, that's fair. I, I think... Um... I think they brought in a lot of good pieces in the offseason, and I think Drew Locke is legit. I think he's a really good quarterback. Better than Flacco. And I think, and I think yeah, uh, exactly, much better than Flacco. And I, and I think he's um, he, he's gonna he's going to get better year two. Um, and you know, rookie quarterback, or, you know, rookie quarterbacks in general. I think if they play like stor- somewhat sort of decent, I'm I'm pretty high on them because you know. R- being a rookie as a quarterback is always tough. Uh, like it, it's it's very rare that um, you're going to produce. It's the second year that I kind of look at as like, all right, is this person like really progressing? And if they are, um, then I'm pretty high on. So I I'm, I like Drew Locke, and considering they added Judy and and everybody, I, and Fant, um, Fant will be in his second year. Um, yeah, I. I, I Exactly. He like a lot of weapons for Drew Lock to play with, but Sutton has been his kind of go to um receiver. And yeah, I just think that team will um only improve. You know, I, I, I don't know how much Jerry Judy's gonna take away from him. I, I, I still think, you know, rookie wide receiver like, you know, he's gonna be a rookie. I think Jerry Judy's really good, has the potential to be be a really good receiver, but again, he's gonna be a rookie and I think Sutton still takes that position and my opinion, Denver's going to be better, and I, I, I think he's going to 
be a lot higher. Um, going into his thir- third year, he's six four receiver, pretty talented. I, yeah, I, I I really like him a lot. So I think he has a he has a lot of upside on a team that's kind of going on the up and up. Um, so that's kind of where I had like I had initially I had Sutton over Robinson. Wow. But I kind of like like I kind of changed my mind a little bit last minute and I kind of switched the two. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 a guy who's really high on Sutton. I think he's going to be pretty good. Um, and yeah, that one's uh. <laughs> I mean, it's not in fit with fantasy pros expert expert consensus. He's at twenty, so I'm really low. Um, mm-hmm. at twenty nine, you know. So, um, there's just some other guys I have that I, you know, there's some guys I'm looking at and at twenty to 24 range that I'll probably have to update um, but uh, that's where they are now so that's where we're going to go with um, so yeah. Juju, Juju, I just I just like guys with uh, sorry I was going to say I just like per- personally like the way when I when I draft or when I look at receivers I typically love young guys with a lot of upside yeah. over like older guys with like some kind of a history you know mm-hmm. that's just me um, good yeah, and that's why I picked like that's why I kind of had there like with with Sutton, AJ Brown, over Odell Beckham Jr. Those two guys are young, um, really good early careers, haven't had that much of an injury history, and that's why I pick them over Beckham. But yep, go ahead. All right, so um, Juju Smith Schuster, um, he is Fantasy Pros fifteen. He is my fourteen. Uh, where did you put Juju? Uh, I put Juju at 18. So we're not. So, yeah, I had him in the next tier. I had him because I had Woods, Juju, and then Cooper Cup. All right. Yeah. Um, So it's, I think that we've just got groupings of players similarly, just in different, like a couple different picks um, off. So um, I probably, again, I think that I know the knock. um, And so Juju has a bad year last year, right? Um, Mm -hmm. He's a first round pick and did not was not even flex worthy. Um, now some of that is, is that Ben doesn't play uh, most of last year. Uh, so Juju does not see the level of targets that he saw the year before. Some of that is, is AJ Brown isn't there. Um, or AJ Brown, Antonio Brown isn't there anymore. Um, so that changes how defensive defensive scheme they move Juju to the outside. That does not seem to be a good place for him. Um, so I'm expecting a little bit of a rebound uh, compared to last year. And, but some of that hinges on Roethlisberger playing. I don't know that Duck Hodges uh, can sustain a top 12 wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... Sorry, I just had video playing background on my computer <laughs> got distracted i was like wait a minute why where is this coming from um yeah no, i i, I agree with you i think he's gonna have a i think he's gonna rebound um assuming a healthy ben roethlisberger and you know they they added some wide receiver talent in the draft um and and looking at uh and, and looking at pittsburgh and and their history with the wide receivers they've been really good at developing wide receiver talent through the draft so I, I, I think that'll help out a lot. 
um, for him not getting double teamed. And I think Ben Roethlisberger will be back. Will be back, and I think he's gonna, um, you know, stick to playing the slot, which is where he excels at. Like you said, um, I actually had that in my notes that he played a lot on the outside and he he struggled a lot. So, and and I'm pretty sure he also had an injury too. Um, I wouldn't in argue there as it. well. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Um, I think he did miss some games though. But, I mean, we can pull that part up, but um. I think he's talented enough to, to say that he's going to bounce back. Um, again, maybe maybe he never really warranted that first-round selection. Um, oh, yeah, he missed a lot of games. Mm-hmm, exactly. So, um, But I do think he is a, like, you know, top 12 talent. It's just uh, – it, look – Back backup quarterbacks typically don't come in and and um, have a huge amount of success. A lot of times, it's a game manager. Um, it's usually not someone who is quite as good at running the offense. So um, that's why they're not the starter. Mm-hmm. Um, so then my next one is uh, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I had him at twenty-one. So um, I'm at uh, 15. Oh, no, I had him at 20. Sorry. My list is a little bit off. (laughs) I'm at 15, and Calvin Ridley's at 16 on Fantasy Pros. So um, is this the first second receiver on a team? Well, no, I guess not. We've got Evans. Evans and um, Godwin, and then we also have Woods and Cup. So he's yep. not the. Um, but Calvin Ridley is clearly the number two receiver. Like the other guys might be more one A, one B. And this guy is clearly the D two, and that might be why he's just not a little bit higher. Um, not much to dislike about Ridley. Um, I think that when. Uh, the Hall of Famer on the other side of the field um, hangs him up. Calvin Ridley's a one, you know. Like, uh, um, so he just happens to be fighting with targets with the possibly the best receiver of his generation. Yeah, exactly. That's that's my thing. I think when when you know whenever Julio Jones probably retires, I think Calvin Ridley will will shoot up. I think he's a, um, you know, I think he's really talented. Uh, you know, I just think he, that the targets are just not there um, for him, really. Like, if you look at his rookie year, his rookie year he had 821 yards, and then next, the season after is eight, you know, 866. So really, not that much. Um, and that's not because I think he's just he's hit his ceiling. I just think that's because you know, again, like you said, he has you know an all-time generational talent, and Julio Jones right there. Um, so kind of like this, this, this conversation that we had, like, you know, if, if you have two really good receivers on a team, um, like how does one complement the other, you know? And I think that really depends, but I think when you're, when you're an ultra high producing quarterback, like Julio Jones, um, you know, there's only so much target targets that can go around and, uh, and you know, Ridley's, you know. It also seems like 
when you have two receivers that produce really well, it's actually like an outside and a slot, not two outside. Mm-hmm. And this is, I think, the only one that's two outside. Two so, outside, yep. Um, that may be why you just... It's more Batman and Robin than the Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about Cooper Cup already. We talked about Adam Thielen already. We talked about A.J. Brown already. So that gets us all the way down to 18 on my list. Um, so I have DJ Chark. And he's the second receiver that I like. Like I like A.J. Brown. Interesting. I had DJ Chark at 24. Um, but yeah, on mine, I, I, I guess to, to kind of really go down the, the, the list here. Mm-hmm. Um, because we went through what thirteen through thirteen through uh, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Fifteen, yeah. So got through Sutton, AJ Brown, Odo Beckham. Then my next was Woods, Juju, Cup, and we already talked about those. Correct. And then so my next my next uh kind of what I call really and actually Juju Woods, Juju and Cup kind of started my B tier list of wide receivers. Um, people that I think are talented but have questions about. Um, yeah, so my next on the list was actually uh, Landry, Jarvis Landry, uh, Ridley, and DK Metcalf. Okay, so DK Metcalf is a receiver I like a lot. Um, he's my 23. Mm-hmm. Fantasy pros, DK Metcalf is 21. Um, so we're closer, you know, we're pretty close there. Um DJ Metcalf and Tyler Lockett are two guys that um, they both fall inside my in this range. Tyler Lockett's my 19, Metcalf's my 23. Is, mm-hmm. Does Lockett fall in your top 24? He is just outside because uh, I had, like right after Metcalf, I have Terry McLa- uh, McLaurin and uh, DJ Chark and then Tyler Lockett as my 20, 24th. Okay. So kind of in kind of in this like yeah I, I would say it, it's almost in the same range. Um, you can kind of make a case for either of these guys, um, you know, plus or minus four. But yeah, and that's what kind of happens when you get into this range where it gets, it gets to be a lot more preference. Um, yeah, and you're starting to get thinner on what it is you like or dislike. Um, these guys tend to have more knocks against them than the guys above them. Um, or more question marks, whatever word you want to use. So, um, I like Metcalf a lot because if he cl- if they clean up his touch, like his basically inside the five targets, he jumps up so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, exactly. So, and that's not asking a ton. Um, it's not like they've added uh, some other big type player to to now get those targets inside the five you know so he's a guy I like a lot uh he just reminds me of maybe a better version of Dez um again he's not the fastest guy in the world he's not slow either he's just a physical specimen yeah I mean I would say he's pretty fast I think he ran a 4-4 okay so for his size he's very fast for his size just yeah, like pretty much like almost Calvin Johnson type clone of physical specimen. Uh, I, because this is Ed and I talked, and he wanted to comp him the TO. 
And you're comping him to Calvin Johnson. I'd rather comp him to somebody that's a little less meteoric. Um, right. Yeah. Because those guys are Hall of Fame talents, you know, and it's only his second year and we'll see what he becomes. I just – that is the ceiling, right, for that yeah, body I... type. Like that is what you hope with that body type, but mm-hmm. that is a tall order for anybody to be. Yeah, again, that and that's like – physically speaking yeah. like this is what i'm physically you know if i had to physically compare him to like you know uh, a hall of famer you know those are the people i'm going to compare him to um but you know there were some limitations in his game uh but i think in his rookie year he showed that uh because I, I think why a lot of people were um pre-draft were, were low on dk Metcalf was his route running like he really had three routes that he he ran and that was it um, but I what I did like that Seattle did was they utilized his his limited route tree uh, very well, um, which was posts and deep balls. That's what they did very very well, and and you know and, and goal line targets. Um, that's kind of where Seattle really utilized him, mm-hmm. and they utilized him very well in, in that aspect. So if I you know, again, and as a rookie, he did pretty freaking well. And because of his body type, I'd like him a little bit higher than Tyler Lockett. I, I think he kind of has a higher ceiling than him. Um, and if if Metcalf can evolve his his route tree um, in his second year, then I really really like him. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, again, that's a that's a run first offense. You you have two guys in Lockett Metcalf there. Um, that's you know, kind of why he's in my B tier, but I think eventually, you know, if he evolves, I think he can be kind of in that A tier of top fifteen wide receivers. But you know, we'll have to see. Um. So yeah, I think that lot like Lockett is a couple spots ahead, and again, I think that that's just a little bit of we know Lockett's a little bit more of a known commodity, you know, for mm-hmm. me. Um. So not a player that I'm that necessarily in love with. Um just a little bit more of a known commodity. So I have DJ Chark up behind AJ Brown. Um, he entered last year, um, his third year in the, or second year in the league. This will be his third year in the league. And he mm-hmm. really came in on and then got hurt. Um, and when Minshew was playing, he, he had some really big games there. Um, I think that wide or third year it seems to be when wide receivers put it all together, um, and the guys he's competing with for targets, D.D. Westbrooks and, and, and the likes, um, are just not f- the same type of athlete. So I like mm-hmm. D.J. Chark a lot. I think he represents an A.J. Brown level of upside. Um, I think those guys, and I think Metcalf offers that kind of upside if. Again, if you tell me I've got someone who's physically talented and what they have to do is learn the game, well, you hope that anybody can learn. You know, you can't teach someone to have a four-four. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, those are three guys that are second and third-year wide receivers that I like the upside a lot. Yeah, exactly, and I and I like DJ Chark too. I, I just. Um... My concerns is again new offense, new coach, and we'll see how that goes, right? And can can Minshew uh, 
build upon his his rookie campaign. Um, so yeah, we'll 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 see. It's a and the Jaguars historically have just you know not been great. So I'm kind of you know that's kind of why I'm lower on. I like him as a player, and if he was on any other team, I would be super high on him. I'm just I'm kind of just low on him just for for that reason. And Jacksonville, might, yeah, might end up tanking this year, so we'll see. But I yeah. like the talent of DJ Chark. So uh, we actually had to break this into three episodes, guys. Um, we're just starting to get into the tail end and wrapping up. Um, but to give you guys a peek a little bit behind the curtain, we're recording this all at one time. And sometimes when you do that, uh, you need to take extra breaks, especially as it gets later into the night. So um, we had ended with DJ Chark talk. And I know that that's you know going to get everybody fired up to listen to the last couple, <laughs> last couple ranks. But um, that was 18 on my list, just outside of your top 25, I believe. Um, yeah. And then we talked about Tyler Lockett, and then I have T.Y. Hilton next. Is T.Y. Okay. Hilton in your top 24? Yeah. So I'll go through because I I think I mentioned uh, mine, which was Landry, Ridley, and Metcalf. Oh yeah, Landry. <laughs> yeah, and we already talked about Ridley and Metcalf, and you know, kind of to talk about uh, Jarvis Landry a little. Where did you have Jarvis? Twenty seven. Twenty seven. Yeah. So I I kind of had him a little higher. Um, he's just thirty. I, yeah, he's thirty fantasy pros. Twenty seven on mine. Wow, okay. thirty in fantasy pros. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I just think he he is the receiver that's had kind of the, um, kind of the best uh, chemistry with Baker Mayfield. Um, and if you look at like his production last year, even with the terrible coaching that's happened, mm-hmm. um, you know he still put up like eleven hundred yards, was you know six touchdowns, which is pretty respectable with one hundred and thirty eight targets. So, I mean, it's down from his usual targets. Uh, you know, he kind of, at his peak, has gotten, like, you know, 160, 150. But, you know, I, I with 138, with the terrible coaching staff around him, I think uh, I think is really good and really respectable. I think it kind of shows the, the, the level of connection um, that Baker and, and Jarvis have. Um, obviously, I think Beckham is kind of the premier wide receiver in that in that receiving core but as we said Beckham gets injured a lot um so I think Jarvis is the he's the de facto number two um receiver in in that in that offense so if things get better um I think I think Jarvis Landry might be um you know kind of up there so that's kind of why I I think his his ceiling is a little bit better than Ridley um, especially because he has proven that he can get like, you know, one thousand like eleven hundred yards in a season, even though he's not the um, primary receiver in the offense. So that's kind of why I really, really like them. I think that's fair. I think that that also tracks with your other guys, right? Like, I think that tracks with why you like Thielen a lot. Um, I think that that seems to be the kind of receiver that you like—a high volume. Um, a high-volume uh, target machine. Mm-hmm. Gets, you know? is consistent, yep, and has good rapport with their, their quarterbacks. With their uh, an, an existing quarterback, not a new one. Um, in a, you know, so 
I think it tracks. I understand it. Um, even though it's not where I have him. Um, I do think that when we're starting to get into these picks, um, you know, I, I don't know how much anybody should be married to their 24th rank, you know, like, <laughs> Ser- seriously like I, I just very subjective at this point i mean all of it's subjective but this is really getting like personal preference subjective like it's it's really hard to 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 judge the talent here yep so um ty hilton we both have in our top 24 i can tell you again this is a guy with a lengthy injury history um now i think that their passing offense should be better with rivers there um but he's a guy that I see as like super high risk and not the greatest upside. He's getting up there in age, um, seems to miss a lot of time. So um, not a guy that I'm fully in love with. I think that he's getting by on his name this season a little bit. Yeah, I would agree. I don't even have him on my top 25. Um, I, you know, I only ranked my top 25, so I don't even have him ranked there. in okay. here. But yeah, it's again new quarterback. Um, Philip Rivers has, has kind of shown decline, um, but you know we'll see. You know, I think Frank Reich is a really good coach, and you know hopefully there's you know it'll it'll kind of rejuvenate um, Philip Rivers' career a little bit. Hopefully he'll uh, rebound. But again, it's a risk with you know the quarterback aging, him aging. Um, T.Y. Hilton has kind of been like a very like boomer bust player for a while for me, and yep. I don't know. I just I uh, I just wasn't too too hot on him, really. Nope. Um, so moving right along, Terry McLaurin is he in your top twenty four? Yeah. So my next, yeah. So actually, my next like after um, Landry Ridley and DK Metcalf was McLaurin. DJ Chark and Tyler Lockett and we had already talked about Tyler Lockett but yeah McLaurin I think is a it's a very interesting um, very interesting pick but I think he's he's obviously been the I think last season he kind of really exploded and you know he was a, he was a third round pick and he just did really really well and kind of prove to the really the team that he's kind of the go-to guy there. He, they they don't really have a lot of offensive weapons um, on that team. Really, Terry McLaurin I think is the go-to guy for that offense. I think I think the Redskins defense, or sorry, not Redskins anymore, Washington Football Team. As of the, this recording, that's what they're called now. That's what they're going by. Um, I, I think they, I think they're going to be a good defense. But I still have a lot of questions about their offense, and if um, uh, I'm blanking on his name, Dwayne Haskins. If Dwayne Haskins can elevate his game, uh, yeah, you know, then maybe that that might work out. But I, I mean, I have my doubts there, and that's not just coming from an Eagles fan. I just, you know, historically, Redskins have been bad organization, terribly run. Dan Snyder's one of the worst owners in the league. Um, I think Ron Rivera might, uh, you know, might inject some life in there, um, but I'm not terribly confident in it. Yeah. Um, again, Ron Rivera is a defensive-minded head coach, um, so I think that defense will get strength- strengthened with the already, you know, decent talent that they have. But 
but Terry McLaurin is the go-to guy there. So, you know, at this point, you know, if, if I have a number one on here, like a de facto number one at this point in the list at 23, 24, 25, then, uh, then that's a good sign for me. Um, then I really want that guy. So I don't know. I and I'm always high, like really high on young guys. So that's kind of why I have them. So I had um, last year. I was calling McLaren um, P1 um, after the McLaren uh, car because <laughs> um, I do think Terry McLaren as a talent is a high end or McLaren. Um, it's a high end player like a McLaren car. Um, I don't think he's just a default one on that. Like he's just the top guy on a bad receiving core on a bad team. I think he's a very good player and you hope that they, you know, that Haskins takes a step forward for this kid's career. Um, So I agree with you. Um, I'd rather have McLaren than Hilton. And I'd probably have McLaren over the guy that I have next, which is AJ green, which I think that I'm actually going to take out of my top 24 um, when we are done. Um, I think that he left practice again um, with an injury, and I, I'm starting to think that A.J. Green is done. Yeah, I I really want to, you know, root for him because, you know, he's been such a monster for the majority of his career. Um, but, yeah, and I'd like to think that maybe Joe Burrow and that offense will really improve things and uh, – and and really bring out his his talents but his injury history in the past you know a few years has just been pretty concerning to me and i just don't think you know even if he plays uh some games this year i i just you know i know he'll get injured yep i just know it i i I doubt he'll play a full season i agree i i I'm looking at this and I think I had him there because, you know, we hadn't had football for a little bit. And it's like, if, if he can play, he's AJ green. And I'm just thinking that, um, I'd rather put him down around 36 than, than in the top 24 at this point. Um, that's just where we are in, in late August. Mm -hmm. Um, so the last player that I have that we haven't discussed is Stefan Diggs which I'm assuming is outside your top 24. Yeah. Yeah, he's outside my top 24. Um, so I'm not going to go on a long discussion about my 24th player um, on this list. Um, I like Stefan Diggs as a talent. I think he's a great route runner. I do understand that he's going to a not very efficient quarterback. I also know that it is also not exactly the easiest thing once the weather gets starts to drop to throw the ball a ton in Buffalo. Stefan Diggs also carries a decent amount of injury history. Um, I just, again, um, a player that I tend to like um, for what he does on the field, but he's 24 and not higher because he carries a ton of risk. Yeah. Um, I, would, I would agree with everything you're, you're, you're saying. I, I think that the thing that... Um, you know, he has been a really good receiver. He's been in the league for, um, he's been in the league for, you know, five years now. And the last two years, he's had over a thousand yards. Uh, so he's gotten better from his rookie year, every single year, and he's he gets touchdowns. Um, but yeah, like you said, my my concern here is 
the team that he's going to is very different. You know, Minnesota, um, you know, obviously they're on first now, but, you know, they were willing to pass it, whereas uh, Buffalo is much more of a running team. And Josh Allen, even though he has a crazy good arm, is had one of the worst deep ball accuracies out of any quarterback um, last year. And I, and, and this stems from college too. Josh Allen has just not been like, you know, I, I'm not as high on Josh Allen as a lot of people are. I, I, you know, he's, he's had accuracy issues um, even in college. And I, I, I think with the way they want to run their offense, I just don't know how many opportunities uh, Stefan Diggs is, is really going to get. Um, so that that's kind of a, a risk there. So I, I kind of want to see see how he does there. I think he has the potential. You know, I I, I do think he had, he can get a thousand yards, but again, like you said, when when it gets really cold in Buffalo, it gets really freaking cold. Um, Lake Effect is no joke. So I, I think that team is just gonna, um, you know, be a run first team, and I I don't know how, how how many opportunities he's gonna get but you know he might prove me wrong yeah and, and i think that when when you're looking at this and and you get down to this range again um you start looking at a lot of different risk um in different ways so um the guy that i have just behind him is hollywood brown um who will now probably end up in my top 24 and maybe just slide right into that aj green slot um who I think represents a much better ceiling than Stefan Diggs does, um, but also probably a little bit of a lower floor. Mm-hmm. Comes into the league with an injury history on the heaviest running team in the league. Um, it's probably going to be a like um, a lighter version of, of Amari Cooper, where he's going to have big games and, and disappear some games. So, but a guy that I would probably draft over Diggs because he does represent a higher ceiling when you, and when you're taking these players back here, again, depending on how you draft, you might need a high ceiling guy that that's not Diggs. Diggs to me is a worse version of Robert Woods in this range, which is why he's 24 and not 13. What's really interesting about this is this might be the first time in a long time, probably since he's been in the league is Keenan Allen being outside the uh, top 25 receiving core. So I have Keenan Allen um, at 31. Um, I did, where did you, where do you have Keenan Allen? Did you, or you didn't rank him because he's outside of your top so 25. I, I, I didn't rank. Yeah. I, I didn't get the chance to rank him, but he is somebody that, uh, you know, that could be in that top 24 spot. Um, if you ask me a different, <laughs> in a different day, I might rank him more highly, but I think that quarterback situation has me super worried about, um, about his uh, potential um, this, this year. So fantasy pros, he's 25 and I'm just Tyrod Taylor is going to like anybody who runs like he does is going to get good points as a quarterback he just those, those games he started in Cleveland, he just seemed very gun shy to throw the ball very much at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just not sure what that looks like on in Los Angeles. Um, 
So I have a lot of concern, not about, again, not about, so Keenan Allen has both, right? He's got a quarterback that you worry a little bit about, and he's got an injury history that you worry about. Exactly, yeah. So um, we're both lower on him than maybe consensus, but um, again, it depends how you've drafted. If you need to swing for the fences, maybe you go for it. Yeah, uh, he could be a really good sleeper pickup if everyone has him ranked low, uh, you know, yep. lower, and he's there, and you know his potential. Yeah, his potential um, is top three. You know, it's yep. just can the quarterback sustain it, and can he stay healthy and on the field? Yeah, and then you have to wonder uh, because they just drafted uh, uh, what call it, Justin Herbert. Yeah, so does a rookie it, take over? Yeah, so does a rookie take over, and and. Me personally, I, I and the, on in the draft, I was not very high on Justin Herbert. Uh, I just don't think he's that good. But you know that you know he could prove me wrong this year and and ball out. But uh, I just think combining those factors with the, with the with the with the quarterbacks, I just I just don't know how. Um, there, there's like a ton of risk there. I think he's. I don't think he might. I don't think he will flop. Um, I think he does can go in the. He can finish in the top twenty-five of receivers this year, but um, there's just a lot of question marks there um, for it to happen. Agreed. Agreed, a hundred percent. So um, that rounds out our top twenty-four. Is there any names that you had that we didn't talk about? No, I think that's that's everybody. Um, yeah, and I think I just wanted to point out Keenan Allen just because, yeah. you know, this was kind of the first time that I've kind of seen him outside the, 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 the top 25. But, yeah, um, um, there's really nobody else that I really, um, you know, they cared to talk about. Now, so uh, what we'll probably do is I'm probably going to record two different episodes next week um, where we talk about a little bit more of, like, mid-round – like uh, like round five to ten guys, um, well we'll talk about just those guys that we like. Um, we're not going to go through rankings there, but like pick a couple guys that each of us like and go through those because uh, there are some wide receivers that I like later as good like dart throws, and I'll throw a name out there and um, everybody can laugh at me or or um, decide that oh yeah you know what I will want to tune in. But like a guy like Paris Campbell um, is a guy that. I like that's basically free, um, but again, high draft capital, new much like a new more competent quarterback while getting older, um, and they're probably going to throw the like the ball a lot in, in, in Indianapolis. So um, they're going to run a lot because they did draft a running back, but um, they're also going to throw a lot. So there's going to be guys who are all basically free or almost free like that that we like, and I'd like to make an episode about these like guys that you're looking at. Um, that are not ranked really high, but so we can talk about them a little bit. So um, that will probably be an episode or two uh, next week. Um, but this wrap, wraps up our top 24. Um, and we'll be back with some more, some more wide receiver names. Maybe some, well, actually, uh, bear with me, guys. We still have to round out quarterback and tight end, even though they're positions that I don't, put a ton of time um, talking about because I tend not to draft them very high. Um, but we'll come back with those rankings next week and then 
but before that, I think we'll talk about mid-round guys. I might end the week with quarterback and tight end just because, uh, I don't know. I think once you get past like the top three, it gets to be like the top 24. Seven of the other of the running back and wide receiver positions, where it's a lot of a lot of preference. So, um, I hope that you guys found this interesting, entertaining. It was fun to talk about. Work our way through, and we'll be back, guys. All right, Oz. All right. All right. I'm probably not going to edit this until tomorrow because it's like midnight. Yeah. So it might yeah, not go up you. until tomorrow after work, but it will be up tomorrow at some point. Yeah, uh, this was a lot of fun. All right, me, yeah, I can't I, believe I, we uh, went this long. <laughs> I can. I mean, we did have a short, like, 20-minute break for for the bathroom, and um, each of the top 12 running back were an hour, so I'm not surprised we went this long. Oh, wow. Damn. So um, because you're talking it out, you know, you're trying to figure out – not that you have to make your case, but you do have to want, look a little bit at your work to make sure that you're comfortable when you're going to say it out loud. Yeah, exactly. And I flip-flopped between some guys, too, when I was like, you know, is this person ahead of this person, and yep. then why, and, you know. So Yeah, it looks like it was good. Yeah, it looks and like... I think... Go ahead. Oh, and I say, like, I think we were in, in like, a general agreement with, like, a lot of the people with with a couple of like outliers yeah and outliers are always fun to talk about percent <laughs> and really i'm at a total of two hours and five minutes so we're right on the nose nice so all right i'm gonna i'll reach out to you probably i mean me you and my check will probably bullshit about cars at different times of the day throughout the weekend but i'll probably mm-hmm. reach out to you on sunday ish to talk about it another day during the week next week Sweet. All Sounds right. good, man. Awesome. All right. I'll talk yeah. to you guys. All right, man. All right. See you. Bye.